What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? How's the land down under? Uh, I like it. I'm really, I'm getting to know the lay of the land, sort of. Um, kind of what's up and what's down and is down up and is up down. And um, I, yeah, it, I'm trying to, I keep trying to figure out like what, what is Melbourne compared to other places I've been? And mm. it's not, it's not really a one-to-one, you know, it's, it's not like, oh, it's just like San Francisco or it's nope. just, just like Brussels or it's just <laughs> like Portland. It, it's actually like kind of all of them weirdly. Like it's sometimes it's like Havana. Sometimes it's like New Orleans. Sometimes it's like Austin. Sometimes it's like um, somewhere in Central Europe, like a big European city. Um, sometimes it's a little bit like, well, I've never been to Singapore, but I'm just going to say Singapore. <laughs> um, yeah, I it's but it's very not. I mean, it's very comfortable. They have excellent transportation, though. I still I'm not confident that I I'm doing it right. I and I do feel like I, I if I get arrested, which I may get arrested on the train, I'll just I'll do a, my best Blanche Dubois. You know, I'll be like, and oh, do you think you'll be arrested on the train because you're topless? I don't understand. Because I haven't executed my tap on, tap off correctly with my Mikey card. You know, I, I sometimes I'm tapping my hotel key card, thinking I've tapped my Mikey card. I, it just feels vague. It's not like you put in, you do swipe and you go through a turnstile. You know, you step onto a tram, and. And you tap, you tap the screen, you tap on, you tap off. So, you know, I'm just hoping. I never took that. I never took that. I um, was driven around. Wow. Driven around. Yeah. Well, I can't wait for you to meet Philip Adams, who I hope you do get to meet because he truly is one of my very favorite people on the entire face of the planet. Next weekend, I'm going to some event performances curated by Philip Adams. So I'm, I, I imagine Amazing. I'll run into him. Yeah, I'm going to see him. I will send you to an email together. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, though I think he's also on WhatsApp. Um, I know he's on the gram, so I'm sure you could reach out to him there. It's just oh, I am not. I'm going to go on gram and say, good day, mate. Yeah, he knows, he knows who you are. He knows who you are. Do you know what's good about... I like about Australia because, as you know, and as has been famously stated, I talk like a kid. And okay. in Australia, they talk like kids. They say, "They say, oh, do you are you do you have on your swimming cosy, which is your swimming costume? It's a bathing suit." Oh. I also learned that a speedo is called a budgie smuggler. Oh. Budgie smuggler. Wow. I mean. Yeah. It's my absolute favorite place I've ever been. Have you fallen in love with Melbourne yet? Would you want to move there? Um, I don't know yet. You know, it's hard. New York is hard to extricate oneself from. Um, Yes. If I had like some kind of really comfortable and and, um, engaging opportunity here, like what what I'm doing right now is great, but obviously everything that I do is quite short term. Um, 
I can't imagine for myself what kind of job opportunity would would force me or ask me to fly all the way around the world. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't I know. I probably won't be moving to Australia, but I'm I'm enjoying my time here, and I'm I'm approaching it as if it is my last time being here because the, it's you can't go anywhere further away. Quite frankly, it is. It is truly as far away as you can get. And I think that felt like a safe distance for me from America. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, people follow rules here. It's very well run. I am. Here's some things I'm struck by. Oh, Australian teens are very tall. Why? Okay. Okay. Look, I don't know why. And I, I do remember being in New Zealand where everybody is in fact very tall. And it's similar to when you're in the Netherlands and you think everyone is so tall. And I think it is because there's a kind of like Dutch immigrant population in the Netherlands. Now, I can't speak to the history of Australian immigration, but I have to say Australian teens are so tall. And um, and I, I, I Australian adults uh, all over the map, tall, medium, short. So what do you think happens to the teens that then all of a sudden they become tall, medium, and short? I don't know if it's the proliferation of organic foods in the markets. I I don't know if there's... Do you think it's just this crop of teens? Perhaps. perhaps (laughs) It might, because, you know, they might, God might have said, this is the last generation. I'm going to make them a real Work, honey. Work, (laughs) work. Um, I truly don't remember that. I taught, um, a workshop while I was there that definitely, I, not teenagers, but like people in their early twenties. And I don't remember anyone being taller than me. That's bizarre. Um, you know, I am famously, uh, the size of Betty Davis. So it's, I, (laughs) with the eyes, I'm the size and eyes of Betty Davis. And, um, I don't remember this height thing you're talking about. You are at the ballet. And so maybe that's what's going on. I don't know, girl. The ballet company itself is not the most strikingly tall ballet company I've ever been to because as you know I started my career as a trainee at PNB which was at it's in its time a bizarrely tall ballet company absolutely serving you serving you you know everyone everyone is at least six feet everyone is serving a Sigourney Weaver can I just tell you what I was so average couldn't have been more average when I was there, I was just like, I'm just, well, I'm what are you? Six foot tall. I'm six foot one. And in ballet companies, that's like, you're really on the tall end. You're really like, Oh, that's one of the lifters. That's a forklift. I am excited for you to come back and pick me up. Oh yeah. Pick me up. Yeah. Um, (laughs) there was some other tall ballet company, the national ballet of China, shockingly tall. Like all of the tall babies got recruited to be in the ballet company in Beijing. Um, but at any rate, I, you know, and I forget New York City Ballet has a tall, like a very tall contingent of dancers. You know, they have their tall yes. who, are, who aren't, yes. they aren't just a little tall. They're very tall. Um, like, so anyways, 
Is Russell really tall? Russell's very tall. And then Peter Walker's tall. Silas Farley, who's retired. Peter is really tall. No, not as tall as Russell. Really? Isn't that funny? um, But Peter, Peter is, his proportions really trick the eye into believing he's one of the taller people on earth. Mm-hmm. But but he is in fact just tall-ish. You know, people have said of me one of the tallest people on earth. I am uh, just J.K. J.K. I was walking <laughs> Nomi. That's one of your best jokes ever. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying over here, Jack. That was incredible. I have to tell you, I have been on Zoom <laughs> from 10 a.m. until 7:30 with a half hour for lunch. Um. At work today. So I am completely uh, uh, like the if you like burnt toast and then you scraped that burnt stuff off, that's me. <laughs> You're just the black slime. Well, is yeah. it is it after it gets wet in the sink? Because obviously, because I like to scrape my toast into the sink. Is that where you scrape your toast? Well, I don't eat toast, but I, you know, I have, uh, you know, I think Jeremy watched me one day. I did, we got like a cookie from Archistratus and I ate it over the sink and he was like, what are you doing? And I don't remember how that began where if I did have a cookie, I'd eat it over the sink. I understand. Um, I've had full meals over the sink because sometimes it's just like, (laughs) you're just like, God, I just want to only make the mess in this one place. Do you know what? One time I made the hugest thing of pasta and as I went to drain it, it all went into the sink. And so I just put the sauce on top of it and ate it out of the sink. You're a liar. (laughs) You're lying. (laughs) How iconic would that be? That is an absolutely. You absolutely have to write that into a show in a, in a, on TV. Yeah, for for my for my rom com series that or is it can just up be by... part of Jack River presents pee pee poo poo. Best thesis journal entry ever. Did I really, tell really that incredible. story? Um, I don't think I told that story, but Jack and I were talking a couple weeks. ago. I think ago. you should read your thesis journal entry. Like I think oh, okay. you should just read the thesis journal entry because okay, let me find it. <laughs> because honestly, honestly, I mean, it is. It is really um, uh, queering the ballet. <laughs> okay, let me go to my thesis journal. <laughs> I can't believe it. Wait, Who wait reads to, this, by the way? Just me. It's just for myself. Oh, oh! I was so hoping that like Jillian Pena might read it. Look, or... Jack. This, I mean, obviously, some of this is going <laughs> to find its way into the books, into the work. In, into into what books? The, what the, work? Your thesis? You mean? Well, I have to, I have to write a um an artist book which has like oh. biographical information and like oh. statements and life. Oh, you better writing. put this in because this is really gold. I mean, gold. I don't know what to this tell is you. Gold. This is ladies, gentlemen, and other you know, sit down, lay down. If you if you can't hear this next like one minute, you you better get off wherever you are and really turn the volume up. Okay. Okay. Why am I? Having, what do you? What do you think the date was? It was March. Oh, 10th. here it is. What? How did Honey, you know that? I am like a mind like a steel trap. No, Jack. How did you know uh, that? Because I have like I almost have the entire passage committed to memory. Jack, I didn't even know. 
I didn't even know today was Thursday. Do you know what I mean? But in Australia, well, it's Thursday. It's Thursday for you, girl, but it's not for me. I have a story. About How do I look do- from the future? <laughs> oh, my God. I have an, a good story to tell you about today, about this morning, after I'm done with this incredible okay. piece of literature I'm about to read. <laughs> okay. Here so you this go. Is Everyone a, prepare this yourself. Is, um, this is a recounting of an iconic moment in our history on the telephone okay. when... I'll just read it verbatim. March 10th, 2021. Today, as I was FaceTiming with Jack and Jeremy from the toilet, Jack and I discussed a performance work he wants to make where he and I pee and poop into a training potty on stage over the course of a run of shows without cleaning out the potty. I asked him what he'd be trying to communicate with this piece, and he said, pee pee poo poo. (laughs) Iconic. 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 I don't have to tell you. Like, and I really, when you sent me that thesis journal, the immediate image I saw was, was her lifting her hands from melancholia with the electricity going out of her fingertips. Like it, it is all the same to me. There's something about melancholia and this work that I guess we'll do later on that, you know, you know, the one that I, that I finally get my awards from called pee pee poo poo. And, um, and there you go. What are you communicating with this work? Yeah, I mean, oh my god. Wow. My what god. are you communicating? What are you trying to say with this piece? What are you saying? And um, I just like uh, in my imagination, you're sitting mm-hmm. like behind a desk with microphones and like bottles of water, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like a, there's Gorgeous. like a team of people, or maybe it's a panel of various makers. You know, like okay, it's you. It's um. <laughs> It's Marina. It's um, oh, amazing. This is that's um, getting more appropriate. Uh huh. It's Forsyth. It's, <laughs> Thank you. Um, this is so good. Evo, Evo Van Hove is over yes, there. Yes, I'm. I'm living for this uh-huh. white nonsense table. It's absolute white <laughs> nonsense. And then they ask you now, Jack, in your seminal work where you and your longtime collaborator Reed collaborator Barley, Reed Bartleby. Defecated into the training potty. What were you trying to And urinated. You have to say urinated and defecated into, into the potty over the course in, of into a children's th- training potty. Three weeks in the MoMA atrium. Uh-huh. What what was the comment? What was the what were you trying to say about humanity and uh-huh. and what were you trying to say about man's plight on this earth through this action, through activating the space in this way? Okay, picture me leaning forward towards the microphone. Well, first picture me like, you know, eyes look down. I look up left. I lean towards the microphone and I go, pee pee poo poo. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's really... It's my favorite. It's absolutely my favorite. It's my favorite thing. It is really one of, it is really one of the, it's, it is, it's up there, girl. It's really one for the books, you know? I mean, it's, I have to say, like, I feel, I've talked about it too many times about like, you know, the election of Trump and feeling like, wow, enter Camus and just this sort of like, here we go into just absurdist, um, utter, uh, chaotic, uh, and, and really a time in which we have clearly entered into just war mentality. Like it's just, that's what we live in. And, 
Um, uh, yeah, I think that I, I guess, I guess this work says it all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be so incredible as if I found the person who wrote that children's book, which I think is like Everybody Poops or something like uh, that. Yes, yes, yes. Famous Is book. that what it's called? And it has like an elephant's bottom on the cover, I believe. Uh, I think it's called Pee Pee Poo Poo. <laughs> I wish. And, and, um, and I... I like tracked that person down or their fan, you know, if they're dead, their children or grandchildren. And I was like, I really, um, I want to bring you in for an artist, uh, lecture during this, uh, residency (laughs) period time. I mean, it's just, and just if, and having different people read that book, I mean, come on, come on. Uh, (sighs) I'm gonna, I took a long walk yesterday to this area Uh called Fitzroy and I wanted, my destination was this fancy croissant place, but they were closed at three 30 in the afternoon, which does make sense. Croissants are a breakfast food. So I understand. I'm also like, go off socialism, you know, like do whatever you want. Uh, But here, $15 minimum wage is really thing. You know what I'm so bummed about that I didn't do before you left. I found it yesterday while I was cleaning a drawer (laughs) is my 10, I have a $10, I have a 10 Australian dollar. Oh, you wanted to give it to me? I wish. Yeah. Cause I mean, God, I really hope I go back. I truly do hope that I move there and that's where I end up just living with. That $10 bill is incentive for you to go back. Cause how could you waste $10 that's worth I don't know, six fifty. <laughs> How about the money there, which is literally indestructible? It's indestructible and it's fun and it has clear. It's parts, like plastic and it's you it's just like plastic. squish it up and then it like fully goes back to just being a nice crisp dollar. It's beautiful. It's, it's so good. Oh no, I dropped my dollar, it doesn't matter. Did you encounter people saying too easy? Incredible. Do you remember That's, this? No. Like when you, when you go up to the desk at the hotel, you say, hi, I, I was wondering if you could recopy my key card. They say, oh, too easy. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't, that, that hi, is. Do you have any tables for two tonight? Oh, too easy. What? <laughs> I'm so what? gagged. No one said that. No one said that when I All was All the there. time. Too, too I easy. love it. Too easy. Honey, that would really, that would really stress everybody out in America if, if we started like doing that. Because literally right now everyone's like, it's too hard. I can't. <laughs> I love the idea of being like, could you jot it out? Oh, too easy. Oh, too what? easy. Too easy. Too um, Oh, I love it so much. Well, I, since I have my thesis journal open, I, I did a pass. Are you going to read us more? I'll read you a little more. Oh, okay. Incredible. This is from March 18th, which was yesterday, which is today for you. Which is today for me. Mm-hmm. I'm in Melbourne. I know this is supposed to be a thesis journal, but right now it's just a journal because I'm doing that thing where I see a whole place for the first time. Okay. I'm going to skip a little bit. It was very Proustian. and I loved it. Thank you. Yeah. I said, the sun is hot. The hole is tangible. I can only be in the sun for 20 seconds before I'm being cooked. The sun is hot. Here's the line, though. The sun is hot. The hole is tangible. I mean, honey. 
the 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 way my mind had to flip to ozone was a real a- athletic. Completely, feat. there's clearly no ozone layer here. You can feel it immediately. Well, there was that incredible thing that happened right in Australia where people were they were like, oh no, it's lost skin cancer. So then everyone started putting on the SPF and they're like, oh no, it's worse. And that's when they found out about like the oxybenzones or whatever. Oh, that are an thank SPF. Thank you for pioneering that, that research for us by murdering yourselves. That is, that are, that is also, um, was giving people skin cancer. So there's like, and you have to, I can't remember what it is, but you go, when you go to the, whenever we go to a, a Rite Aid or a Dwayne Reed again to go outside, um, it says, you know, there's one that's like free from oxy aluminium, whatever. aluminium, <laughs> something like something like that, something um, like that, hun. It's real hot. Anyways, it's here. It's real hot. Well, it's really hot. Where I mean, right now, but I think you'll be there long enough to get the the start of yeah. fall. Well, we definitely have cool evenings, and some of the leaves mm-hmm. are changing, and that feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I go on to say, as I've already, this will be a somewhat of a repeat. The teens are so tall. Why are the teens so tall? And the adult people are normal. Am I imagining this? Why was the croissantery closed at three thirty? The the, the, bir- the birds make wild noises. Are you ready? Jack is Jack is going to say, "Aren't the men so hot?" I just want to remind everyone that I live in New York City where there are literally millions of absurdly beautiful people mixed in with the withered, desiccated, apple face people. It's like how when you're in Stockholm or Tokyo and you think, wow, everyone is the same beautiful. The level of beauty is so even and above average. Like in Stockholm, it's like combed hair and chic $1,000 wool coats and giant cheekbones. And then you realize... The reason it's startling is because it's not just a high standard of beauty. It's a psychotic homogeneity of look. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. There is no variety. Australia <laughs> is that. The people are undeniably commonwealth, what have you, a la a tropical place. So we're talking tan swollen calves. That's the yes. report so far. <laughs> we're talking tan swollen calves. I found the beauty to be diverse. Um, I did not, I've never been to Stockholm, so I can't speak to that. Um, nor have I been to Tokyo, so I cannot speak to that. But I mm-hmm. found Melbourne to be a very like New York if the minimum wage was $15 and the weather was great and the vegetation was I have, to get, was I have to get out of the, I got to get out of the center and then I imagine I'll see more diversity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it might be, I don't know, girl, that's not where, what it was like where I was. So, you know, I, I guess I, I, it's always startling to me to be in like very white places. New York, we take it yeah. for granted that it is just like, so there's so much color. It's so beautiful. We have everyone. It's wonderful. New York really is. Well, and for a while you lived at, um, in the, at the, at the a place in Brooklyn where that I believe is the most, diverse uh nationalities in the world i believe that's true maybe albemarle or albemarle cortelu that area very diverse um wait what else is gonna tell you oh this is incredible this morning 
I had plans with the um, costume shop manager and uh, one of the production team managers. They were like, would you like to go to the Australian Ballet Production Center? I said, yeah, <laughs> I want to do a field trip. So we got in the company car today and we drove out 20 minutes to some industrial area to this giant warehouse that on the outside says Australian Ballet Production Center. Inside, they had this two-level, enormous warehouse of all the costumes from the Australian Ballet history hung on racks. And it was literally a walk through international ballet history. I couldn't believe it. I was just walking through these aisles going, Bella Figura, Boutimor, Divertimento number 15, Voluntaries. I mean, it was just, uh, and, oh, Ken, Kenneth McMillan's Concerto. Oh, Anthony Tudor. It was everything. It was. Did you know them Ashton's all just by seeing that? Symphonic oh, variations. I mean, I would. That one I would know. But did you know? Monotones. Oh, incredible. I mean, those I would know. But yeah. did you know all of these just by sight, or were they labeled? Many of them I knew just by sight, and it became a game where I was trying to figure out which what everything was. And the things I didn't know were ballets made in Australia. I see. But I don't. I, I don't know that. Um, and that was so that fun. Sounds so fun in the upper room. Oh yeah, they had the concert. Wow. Oh, it was so wonderful. And they they really know how to make costumes here, and it was exciting. And there were thousands and thousands and thousands. You can't imagine the scale of this place. I mean, also you've and told so, me that. Go ahead, go ahead, keep going. No, no, no. You asked. Well, you the, asked. the thing that was also so exciting to hear was just about the complex itself and the rooms that are available for the dancers. Oh, it's insane. Do you want to let it's insane. Let not only know. do they, they don't, it's not like, you know, a lot of ballet companies have a kind of like dancer care area where it's like, this is where we have some gym and Pilates equipment and a couple tables where the massage people and the physical therapy, the therapy people, you know, help the dancers with their, with their physical health. The Australian ballet has a whole, like, oh gosh, it's hard to describe, but basically like, a whole corner of of one of the of their building on one of the floors is is um, de- de- devoted to that's not right is designated to um, dancer care. So there's you could like say a devoted room that has devoted. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a, a whole massage room. It has a whole Pilates room. It has a whole gym room. It has a cold plunge room. It What's has the cold a, like, plunge room like? Just a bunch of tin baths filled with ice water. No, it's literally like a big room with a giant elevated tub in the middle of the room. Like a imagine a jacuzzi, but a square that could fit many people in it at once, but it's freezing cold. Oh, that sounds like such heaven. That would be your place. That's where you would dunk yourself. Yeah, I mean, I tonight, because I was like, all right, I have talked... All day long, I've got to pull it together to talk with Reed. I took my shower and then my freezing, my ice cold shower. Ice you cold. Did. I do it every day. Yep. Ice cold shower. I mean, not only is this, does this company have a kind of like well-appointed facility, it's actually like an incredibly peaceful and pleasant facility with natural light that floods in from everywhere and doors that open to outdoor to outside balconies and 
um, very big studios that feel incredibly comfortable. Don't you feel like um, everyone's happier? Oh, they are. I can tell. I that is yeah. for sure. All the employees, the dancers, the everybody seems like generally happier. Um, very respectful and kind and fun. Ugh, and the sense of humor. Pam's rehearsals. The sense of humor in Melbourne. Pam's rehearsals are such a joy. They like actually under they get that Pam is fun and yeah. funny, and they're having like a good time with her. But they're also. They're also like approaching the work with a great deal of like seriousness yeah. and excitement. Yeah. And that, you know, I do find with Pam as she enters into the world of ballet that you, there are some dancers that understand it and take the process very seriously. And it is those dancers for whom the work really um, reveals them as individuals, you know, like in dancing Pam steps, you really gain more, more insight into who that dancer is because the steps themselves are actually very, I'm not going to say they're simple. They're not simple, but, but they're very unaffected. So if a dancer is really making effort to like integrate themselves into the work, um, you really see them. And that's what's happening here. And Jack, I the first time I watched them run through a section of the piece, the tears, tears came out of my eyeballs. I can't wait to see it, I guess, on video. I mean, that's how I'll see it. Yeah, that's how you'll see it. And, you know, maybe one day they'll bring Are they planning on doing a live stream is... of one for anyone I can, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Well, just to that hold question. your phone up during the show. Um, how, tell. Yeah, I'll hold it up. Tell just what has it been like walking around and going into restaurants with no mask and eating around people with no masks and talking with people with no masks and sitting like next to someone with no mask, etc. Well, it's incredible how quickly one begins to take it for granted wow. because I have to say the very first day. I walked myself into that fancy little grocery store next to the ballet to get a coffee. And I thought, Oh my God, I felt very uncomfortable. I wore my, I wore my mask on my chin and I just ready to pull it up at any moment, but nobody else had a mask on. And so eventually I thought, okay, I'm going to get comfortable with this. And then yesterday, as I took a tram back from Fitzroy, I realized after being on the tram for a good four minutes, Oh my God, I'm not wearing my mask. And other people were because you, they are wearing it on public transportation is being asked. Absolutely. Right. And there happen to be signs every six inches on the tram that say, please wear wow. a mask. And I somehow didn't space out. I absolutely spaced. Um, but it's feeling good. Feels really good. Feels good. Yeah. So now like putting on a mask is starting to feel a little bit like, whoa. It's going to be hard when you come back. I know it, but it'll get, I'll get used to that really quickly. Again, you know, I get used to You do actually, you get, you do get used to it. Um, I don't, when I was taking Nomi on a walk, I walked by this cafe up the street, uh, here in Greenpoint. It's in, and it's in one of these new condominiums. It's in the bottom of one of these new condominiums and inside were, uh, I would just say young yuppie people. And, Yes, yes. And um, seated inside at different tables, having cappuccinos and stuff, and no one was wearing a mask. 
And I felt so vertiginous. I was like, and then I thought maybe everyone who, who came to this cafe somehow like held up their vaccination card or something. And then that's, that still didn't make sense to me. And the Mm. tables were, uh, I wouldn't even say these tables were six feet apart and it was completely enclosed and there was no, no open window anywhere. And then I went a little further and I was passing a deli and a guy was going into the deli and he wasn't wearing a mask. And I was like, what's happening? And he went in not wearing the mask. And then I looked in the window and I watched a man watch him come in and like start looking for, I don't know, sparkling water. And the man who was looking at him just took off his mask. And I thought, here we go. New York is still at high risk. Um, uh, people are still, it's still happening. I'm very, uh, these are the things that like are nightmarish to me is the complete disregard of reality and how quickly that could alter, um, other people's lives in a very easy Mm -hmm. way. Um, that is, uh, you know, contagion. The contagion of a way of being. Well, I'll be sure to be careful when I get back. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit like, is New York losing it? Like, is it just like, is New York just like, ugh, I can't, I can't. It's, um... I. I can't. Yeah, it's. I'm a little like, is, are we hitting that? I'd already seen plenty of people outside not wearing masks. You know, none of the construction workers around here who are building these condominiums are wearing masks. Many people walking around aren't wearing masks, as well as, you know, you walk down the street and there's all these people sitting outside at tables that are not six feet away from each other eating. And, right. and then you have to walk through them because you're on the side, you're on the sidewalk, they're on the sidewalk. And I, um, all the insides are spilling out. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to say. The insides are spilling the, out. The guts. Mm. The guts are no longer contained. Mm-hmm. It's just people's. Wow. People's um, foul effluvium is is just drifting effluvium? through effluvium. How do you even spell? I believe. Effluvium. I believe it's e. It might be two F's. E F L U V I Foul Effluvium U M. E F F Luvium. Foul Effluvium drifting <laughs> through our halls. Wow. Mm-hmm. Poetry, poetry. Thank you, thank you. I mean it's it that would definitely go in the pee pee poo poo book Absolutely. Ugh. This rank foul effluvium wafting, wafting from that throne or there. Um, Wait, Jack, did I tell you that we're, Harriet and I are designing a draw, like a set piece for this Pam Tanowitz dance? Uh-huh. It's, and, and today at the production you center. You got to see it? I got to, well, I just saw someone beginning mm. it. Like they had this huge scrim laid out on the floor, all gridded out, starting to paint it. And I was like. Did you cry? I'm famous. Mm, yeah. No, but I, I took a picture. I'll show you. I'm so excited. Uh, um, wait, there was something else. Oh, 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 for all of our listeners. Okay. I have, we have corrections to make because 
we've received hundreds and hundreds of, of emails of people telling us that we've made mistakes in the last couple of weeks. And I'm going to correct it. I'm going to correct it now. Do it. We've actually received no emails, but I do still feel the need to correct, make some corrections. Okay. The other day I was talking about, um, the movies I watched on the plane. Okay. One of them was a movie starring Tiffany Haddish, Rose Byrne, and Salma Hayek. Now, in my in my rush to get out all the movie information, I said Penelope Cruz. And for that, I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry. I obviously know the difference between Salma Hayek and Penelope Cruz. And everybody should. It, it goes to show you that I don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> You don't. And you, and you know, cause we flew right through that and I heard it and I blushed by myself in a, in quarantine. I said, I'm so stupid. You stupid idiot. Um, so that's first correction. Second correction. I did indeed watch another movie on the plane that I forgot to mention about the, the, the DeLorean car, the person who designed it and ended up being a criminal. And in this movie, they do reenactments of scenes with this DeLorean person starring Alec Baldwin. So I watched some of that. Okay. Next correction. Is it, wait, is this from the year of the movies Susan, you did that I wasn't part of? Like you did like a added thing where you went through the movies? Because I'm like, you weren't there. I'm truly like, I don't remember any of this. And this is why. Okay. You good. weren't there. Yeah. You weren't there. Um, so next thing last week I said, or two weeks ago, I don't know, last week I said, Suzanne Farrell's real name, Susan Ficker. It is, in fact, thank you, Stephen Schraub, Roberta Sue Ficker. Okay? Got it. Roberta Sue Ficker. And I do believe I got Susan Ficker, and I could be wrong, from Elusive Musa documentary, and I think perhaps Jacques D'Amboise was calling her Susan Ficker. Well, here's the other thing that is also in Elusive Muse is that they also at times call her Robbie Sue. No, <laughs> I won't be making a correction for that. <laughs> you know, and you don't have to, because this podcast is not actually research journalism or facts. It's whatever we want it to be. Okay. Last correction, Jack. Now this one's to has, it pertains to oh. you. Now we got this in the form of an email as well. This actually was okay. an email. Who's the star of arachnophobia? Am I wrong that it's not Jeff Daniels? Jack, it is Jeff Daniels. But who were we saying it was last week? Because I think that you've merged two male actors in your head. (sighs) Are they white straight men? Well, then there you go. (laughs) And there (laughs) there you have have it. it. People who I don't really spend a tremendous amount of time thinking about. No shade. Jack, we devoted an entire half of a podcast to Bill Pullman. Oh, my God. Wait, 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 wait. So Uh-oh. here's the thing. Here we go. In Malice, isn't that Jeff Daniels? It's... I haven't seen Malice. Uh-oh. Wait, I now I don't know who Bill Pullman <laughs> is. <laughs> 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 Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? I don't know who Bill Pullman is. And how, I don't 
half an hour conversation in praise of Bill oh, Pullman. Oh, this is don't even know nightmarish. Is. Bill Pullman. Now, I'm going to look up Bill Pullman. Look up an image, please. I'm, I'm going to do it. Means. Bill Pullman. He's not as blonde as Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels is terms of endearment. Handsome, no. six foot two. He married Tamara Jeff Hurwitz. Jeff Daniels is um, the world according to Gar. Okay, wait. Bill Pullman. Is Bill Pullman in Malice? Wow, I love that when you put in Bill know. Pullman, the first thing that comes up is height. Bill Pullman, Malice. Now, Malice is, yes, Bill Pullman. Okay, now let me look up Jeff, because I said it. I was like, Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels. I mean, you guys, these people really, these these guys, <laughs> uh, did they ever play Brothers? Wow, Jeff Daniels did Dumb and Dumber. <gasps> Jeff Daniels yeah. did 101 yeah, yeah, Dalmatians. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jeff Daniels is in The Martian. Um and yes, he's that he's down on earth though. He's down on earth. He's at NASA. Jeff Daniels, Jeff Daniels is, is arachnophobia. Also is to kill a mockingbird. I Jeff didn't Daniels see that. Was in the, nor did I. Who's, I saw who the did, original. Did, Thank heard, you. Oh my god, Jeff Daniels is in something wild, which is a tremendous movie with Melanie Griffith. That movie. That movie is that incredible. That really good. Wow, the butcher's wife. Now this looks so bizarre. Now, wait. The butcher's wife is that Meg Ryan? Is oh, that you are Demi going Moore? to lose your mind. It is Demi Moore wait, wait, wait. in a blonde wig. This blonde That's wig on confused. Demi Moore and the look she's giving looks. At first, I was like, ah, uh, Daryl Hannah. Wait, nope. Jack. Is there an element of magic in this movie? Will you read the synopsis? I sure will, because I feel like I might have thank s- you tried to see it and I can't. I couldn't stand it. It's a 1991 romantic comedy film in which a clairvoyant woman, Demi Moore, thinks that she's met her future husband, George Zunza, who she has seen in her dreams and is a butcher in New York City. They marry and move to the city where her powers tend to influence everyone she meets while working in the shop. Through her advice, she helps others and eventually finds the true man of her dreams in a psychiatrist, Jeff Daniels. The butcher's wife was a critical and commercial (gasps) failure, grossing only $9 million at the box office. (laughs) According to her 2019 (laughs) memoir, Inside Out, Moore regretted starring in the film, saying she only did it to increase her fee after the success of Ghost. You know what? You know what I have loved Demi Moore in? Absolutely loved. Charlie's Angels 2. Oh, yeah. She was really, she she was really good in it. Now... She looks, she, wow, she looks. So now I need to, but so, but it is, is it not Bill Pullman in that wonderful movie, The Last Seduction? The Last With Linda Fiorentino? I believe it is. It is Bill Pullman. Yeah, honey, when Bill Pullman or Jeff Daniels yells, same person. It's the same. Go ahead, look up them yelling and show me the lie. Show me the lie. Did no. you ever see so a someone wrote proposal? you and was like, um, Jack was talking about arachnophobia and that's Jeff Daniels. But what's incredible is, our, is you our, asked me who our, it is and I said our, Jeff Daniels. Basically our number our our number one fan, Barbara P. Fink, who Thank often you. writes in to Thank tell you. us she enjoyed something. She has Thank corrections. You. Thank we you. please Thank you. 
Keep us honest, Barbara. Keep us honest. Um, uh, Um, Did I ever see Indecent Proposal? And that is Demi Moore, Robert Redford, and Woody Harrelson. Is that correct? I never saw it. Jack? Well, I never saw it. I I wasn't interested. You're gonna want to. You're gonna want to lay your. You're gonna want to lay your eyes on this movie. I just. Uh, I just. I don't know what it is about it. I just don't want it. I didn't want it as a kid. It is literally one of the one of the mistiest, frostiest, nineteen eighties, early nineties movies you ever saw. It is mist from start to finish. It's amazing. You know who I think liked it uh, is Jeremy. Of course. I think he liked it. I'm in no way surprised, not surprised at all. Um, and um, I love the whole thing of like <clears throat> Robert Redford being like, would you sleep with me for a million dollars? And it's like, <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> yeah, like as many times as you need. Well, no, I would just do it once, but sure. Um, well, Jack, yeah. that's not, that does, that's not um, in keeping with your, normal pay structure where you were basically <laughs> saying you'd sleep with even some of the uglier people I've ever heard of for no more than $2,500. I think it was higher than that. I think it was at least five. <laughs> I think it was at least five grand. <laughs> Thousand? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, a, a commissioning fee from the kitchen, $6,000. <laughs> Six or seven, I think is what it was. Ay, ay, ay. Wow. Um, well, it's a lot less work. Tea. Tea. <laughs> um, oh, we had a lovely meal last night Pam, Melissa, David uh-huh. and I Where'd you go? Um, David took us out Couldn't tell you the name Couldn't tell mm, I can't wait for you to go to the <laughs> area that I was in Which is where Ballet Lab is um, What's it called? I don't know It's where Ballet Lab is Which is I think I'm going there next weekend Because I'm going to some Yeah, shows, you're going to the show that As I told that, you um, Philip Adams curated and Philip Adams runs ballet lab, which is at this, uh, this incredible building that I can't remember. And I, that's where I slept. I stayed there in this amazing apartment that is oh, built right. there. And well, would you get a load of that? Too easy. That too, too easy. easy. Too e- hey, do you have a beautiful apartment <laughs> that I can stay in in the exact same place where I'm going to perform? Too easy. That's really it. It's really, <laughs> it's it's really like what you're living, where you're staying in. Oh yeah, good on you. Good too on easy. you too easy. That where you are staying is so psychotic. That mural is psychotic. Reed is staying in the ballet compound of the Australian Ballet, where there is a full mural in the entranceway of. A ballerina, not, you know, but this this hotel is not like I don't think they're connected to the ballet financially or otherwise. Why is there a mural of a life sized ballerina on point? Well, they celebrate in? ballet, and they decided that ballet was going to be the theme, not just ballet, but ballet in graffiti alleys was going to be. Why the theme is it called of, of their the art. hotel of the Australian ballet? <laughs> 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 I really wish it was. What is it called? It's called um, the Montre South Bank. Montre South Bank. Um, cute. Yeah. Cute. It's so cute. It's so cute. It's the cutest Have you ever place. watched Kath and Kim? Of course. I mean. Yeah. You know, I was quite, I, it's, you know, you can say these things out loud 20 years later, but. 
I was quite in love with an Australian dancer. And I'm sure I've told this story before on the podcast now that I'm saying it out loud. But when I was um, 21, um, an Australian dancer joined Ballet Met, where I was a, a young, not really up and coming mm-hmm. dancer. And, not really up um, and coming. Uh-huh. So good. <laughs> that is a really incredible title for a chapter in your memoir. Not really up and coming. <laughs> A young, not really up and coming dancer. <laughs> young, not very up and coming. Not really is important. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not really. And so we got, there was a, I think they posted it on the board or we had an announcement one morning before class and they said, in a couple weeks, which at this point was basically mid-season, we'll be having a new dancer joining us from Australia. He said his name is Daryl Branwood. We'll be posting some information on the board. They posted a picture and a bio on the board, and I said, I have to know more. I stopped by the library on my way home where I checked my internet, my, what's it called? Email. And so I decided to do an old school Google search. I don't think Google existed, but some kind of internet search. And I typed in Daryl Brandwood. And when I laid my eyes on the photographs I could find of Daryl Brandwood, of which there were two. I love um, that you were like, who's coming? From... And you like Googled this person. Stalker. Stalker oh, yeah. much? I was, I was like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta know. And there was a picture of him doing Corsair Pas de Deux at a competition, perhaps Varna. I'm going to say Varna. And I, I... I can't remember the word I'm trying to think of, but it's where you fixate on something. And, oh, I basically imprinted myself on this person by staring at this photo. What do you mean by that? Basically, like, I don't don't know if you've ever read a Twilight book or watched a Twilight movie. I have seen a Twilight. Yeah. In a Twilight movie, um, there's a thing that happens where a werewolf can imprint on a vampire even if it's a baby or whatever and so a vampire gets born and the two the vampire and the werewolf imprint onto one another which means they're in love and they're like destined to be soulmates okay so i felt this was happening to me with this photo of daryl brandwood and then he arrived Uh and Look, it did not burst my bubble when he arrived, right? I was fully still inside of this psychotic fantasy. Uh-huh. And he came in the studio and I kind of like made eye contact, which so he came over. I said, you're welcome to stand next to me at bar. I have space. Uh-huh. And so then at that point, that guaranteed I'd be standing next to him every day for a long time. And... um I was like, we're in love, we're in love, we're in love, we're in love, we're in love. And um, he was like, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> a really good story. More, more or less the end of the story, but we did become very good friends. And um, we were both bunheads. We watched ballet videos together. He was 10 years older than me. And he had been a soloist at the Australian Ballet. But he also had been a principal at the West Australian Ballet. And I don't even know at this point why I'm telling you this story, but I am feeling vulnerable and having memories and I'm embarrassed. Check your text messages. He lives in the West, which is basically like California. No, I said, check your text messages. Oh my God. 
Okay, I thought you meant like maybe Daryl texted you. There he is. There you go, hon. I know, Jack. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. These are these are after I knew him. These are after he came back to Australia to continue being a principal at the West Australian College. Mm-hmm. Um there he is, but but just like not exactly as I remember him because at the time he was in his early 30s and I was in my early 20s, if one can imagine it. And now I'm in my early 40s, which means Daryl's in his early 50s. Time goes on. Time goes well, on. Well, and it also seems like he's on mind-body. So that... What's that? Mind-body is... Um, it's this, It's like... A booking service for if you're like a Pilates teacher or or maybe he teaches ballet classes or something. Mind body is what we yeah. used back in the day mm-hmm. for booking um Pilates sessions. Right. God, I'd love to have a Pilates session. I mean, look him up. <laughs> Say hello. 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 Oh, hello. You know who really knows Melbourne backwards, forwards, center, all around? And I'm curious if she's there. Well, yes, clearly, because he lives there. But um, uh, is... And Philip Adams danced for everyone here. You know, Philip Adams and Jody Melnick are really close. I love that. He he knows everybody here. So when you you meet, he'll be like, oh, sure, I remember her. Um, Walter Dunderbill. Well, Walter Walter and, and him have been collabing a lot recently yeah walter seems to be a darling a darling of the australian art well, scene I, I mean my god is walter there right now no he's not it's hard to is come luke here, george you know? there probably just say hi to her i love that queen um you know, luke and i aren't very close oh, well i we i <laughs> adored we we hung out i mean she ended up having to be a momame um so Oh, Wait, what am I saying? I'm so tired. It's I'm starting to end. Um, Don't worry, we only five no, minutes No, wait, away. what was it? It was something about, <clears throat> let's do this. I know I can do this. Mind, body, mm-hmm. this, that. Somebody who knows Australia, oh, Australia better than Trescott anybody. Trescott. Oh! Works there oh, every year, wonderful. honey. Worked there every year. It's how she got COVID. Yeah. She got COVID on her way back on the plane. Oh, they have they have good taste in performers here, and that's where she did um that incredible piece we saw. Um, yes, about critics. I wanted about to call it. I really want to call it Woolly Mammoth, but that's not its title. It's not right. I don't remember the name. Um, that's okay. You can go back I in our podcast history, the episode with Adrian. Butts. You can learn all about this. Oh dance. God, it was so good. Oh, that show made me laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. You know, we have um, a new listener in the form of a dancer in the Australian ballet who yesterday I took bar with the dancers and I and and this really nice person said, oh, you, you can stand here. I said, oh, thank you. And um, and he said, oh, I was just listening to you. Aww. I said, oh, no. Oh, no. And he said, you know, Melissa offhandedly when introducing you said, you know, this is Reed. He's a costume designer, dancer, and he also has a podcast. And so Callum Callum said, I'm going to figure out what that means. And so he listened. He had just listened to episode 100 with Pam Tanowitz. Oh, there you go. And I don't remember. 
don't remember what we talked about, but apparently that was the episode with Barbie Khan. That is when we talked about Bartok Ballet and our extreme obsession with it and where we just like go on and on and on about how much we adore her. And then we talked about her and then I think I, I might've said, Oh, and you're going to the Barbie con. And we, then we <laughs> began to talk about the Barbie con at the Javits center that Pam Tanowitz is going to have a piece the, for. God, that oh so my God. Good. Well, I mean, and in all honesty, though, like, would need to be made, I feel like, by Jillian Pena as well. Like, it, Oh, sorry. Yeah, absolutely. That would be a Do you know what I mean? Like, Jillian did not get that It commission. would have to be like, you know, this is when Pam steps into her artistic director role, and then Jillian has, like, a full, like, Polly Pocket Barbie con at the Javits Center. I mean, gag. Exactly. That would be really oh. major. And we can do pee pee poo poo in like a Barbie training body. You know, it's when we it's we can that. tour around with different training potties and that will be when we do the Barbie one. And if ever I'm unavailable, you can fly in Callum to be me in pee pee poo. Do you do you two look the same? He's, he's a devoted <laughs> listener. Um no no, I would I can would, Callum, would be a disservice to can Callum. Callum do do a torch lift with me? possible okay. but uh, yeah it's possible it's could possible. he get he me onto his shoulder could well. he get me onto his right shoulder oh yeah oh of course okay. he could definitely get you i'm on i'm clocking you know, in right probably... between like 128 and 130 right now and i'm five foot eight so i think oh, okay. not a problem he and i are probably the same height okay. he looks like a movie star so i'm gonna go ahead and say <laughs> that okay. we don't look we don't look exactly alike but <laughs> Um, yeah, well, sure. I, you know, more people sure. who like movie stars need to be doing projects called pee pee poo poo because, you know, <laughs> let's take it there. Let's take it there. Um, oh boy. oh boy. What's your plan for today? Cause it's morning where you are. I'm and gonna, I am, gonna, it is full gonna, buddy, well, buddy. It's one. Buddy, buddy, bedtime, buddy, buddy, bedtime, buddy, 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 mm-hmm. bedtime, pee pee poo poo. I'm going to go to, uh, back to the Valley of a Fitting. Uh, with Rowan, who might also be a listener. Hey, Rowan. And hey, um, I'm g- Hey, and we're gonna do a fitting, and it'll be fun. Fun. I'm gonna take Nomi out one more time, and then go to sleep. Um, how's Jeremy? Is Jeremy asleep? Jeremy's already? not asleep already because Jeremy was watching something, and so. Hi, Jeremy. I miss he's you. He's in the other room, but I will tell him that when I. When I get off the phone. Okay. And, um, okay. Nomi, let me hold her like up Stop. in my arms. Um, no. Yeah. Wait, you have to tell just, I know we only have two minutes, one minute, but you have to just describe what happened. So the, the trainer train came over and was like, you know, we were going through stuff and blah, blah, blah. And, um, they were like, let me, uh, see what it's like to pick her up. And I was like, well, we haven't done that. You know, it's, like she's letting me pet her now and I feel like that's enough. And I just don't want to like, Huge. I, I just don't want to, I don't want to push it. I don't want to press and don't push on it. As she says in mommy dearest and um, <laughs> then don't push on it. And so they picked Nomi up and she was very squirmy and he was like, okay, well she seems pretty squirmy. This isn't great. Why don't you try it? And 
They gave Nomi to me and I held her and just started rocking back and forth. And the trainer was like, wow, she definitely is more comfortable being held by you. And and then he said, no, walk. Uh, uh, They said, walk her over there and put her down. So I walked her to a different location in the apartment and gently put her down. And she was like, wow. And she now, if I like go into another room, she follows me around she yeah i've like i now if i want to take her out back i just open the door i'm like i'm leaving and she'll like just come running (laughs) right behind me and come into the back she had a real call of the wild moment last night which made me so excited where all of a sudden her tail went up 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 and she jumped around in the back patio like in this really excited frenetic way ran over to one of the trees dug a hole and then peed and ran around she sounds like Jack. Listen, she sounds like a dog. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> she. And then all of a sudden, it all drained out, and she looked completely dissociated and shell shocked again. But it it was exciting, and the trainer was said, "Wow, she's really made a lot of progress. Like she's really oh. this is she's very different than when I saw her three weeks ago. You're you're both doing great. great. And then I threw it's when we great. were doing Black Swan, um, uh." Someone gave me a stuffed black swan, like a small toy plush black swan. And I was, so while she seemed all wild and I brought her up last night, I was like, this is the smallest thing I have to a rodent. And terriers love, you know, like that's what they do. They go and like grab rodents and shake them to death. So I threw it and I was like, get it. And she ran to the swan, little black swan, grabbed it by its neck shook it and ran under the kitchen table and then dropped it and then walked away like, what just happened? And then she sat and stared at it like, I don't know what happened. And I was like, it's okay. We're going to get this play on. You're you're in shock. You've gone through trauma. And But if I, if I, if I can teach something, it's, it's uh, depression and how to play. Yeah, it's really sweet. And well, today, oh, what a nice way to. What end about the this? The trainer was. I was like, "How are we gonna?" The trainer was like, "She needs to like get a, a shower soon." And I was like, "Yeah." And I, oh, I was no. like, "How is this gonna happen though?" And the trainer said, "Put her in the shower with you. Let her see you get wet, and then pick her up, and you'll wash her in your arms." And I was like, "Okay, we're gonna yeah. pick her up every day for a week, and then after that, try the shower." So today I'm teaching, I like teach, teach, teach. I come out and she's wet and Jeremy took her in the shower. <laughs> Jeremy oh. just couldn't wait and took her in the shower. How'd it go? Um, it seems like she, it was, it went okay though. She didn't get to get a shampoo in. So I think Jeremy just held her under like the water. She got a so rinse. She got a rinse. Yeah. And then she was that. a little shaky, but also seemed fine and then she uh you know she like shook around and stuff and tail tail is up tail is up that's what i'll say tail is up is she looking a bit fluffier she does look a little she doesn't look as greasy yeah 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 but i love her so much oh wonderful we love a positive progress report on the baby emmy and um we loves you. And listeners, and we love you. continue sending, send any queries. And um, we'll see you, talk to you next week. Next week. 
Uh, send my love to Pam. Send my love to David. Um, send my love to Melissa and Luke George if you see him. And obviously, when you see uh, Philip Adams, I mean, she knows. I love that kind of Beyonce. Um, all right. Well, good day to you. Good night to me. Too easy. Too easy. Hi, Dance and Stuff listeners. This is Margaret Fuhrer. I'm the editor and producer of the Dance Edit podcast. Like you, we love Reed and Jack over at the Dance Edit. And if you get especially excited when they turn into journalists and do reporting, we think you might like our podcast too. The Dance Edit podcast is a weekly dance news show. It's hosted by me and three other editors from Dance Media. We work on Dance Magazine and Dance Spirit and Point. And every Thursday, we discuss and sometimes yell a little bit about the week's top dance news stories. And then we interview one of the dance artists who's shaping the news. And our recent interview guests have actually included a few dance and stuff friends. We've had Kyle Abraham, we've had Lloyd Knight. Basically, we've built a nice little nerdy community, and we hope you'll join it. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts and at thedanceedit.com slash podcast. <laughs>